0: We all know what we eat can lead to cancer. It's usually what I'm told is a multiple hit theory. It's hereditary. It's what we eat. It's our environment. But there was a big warning from the World Health Organization this week about aspartame. And then the FDA had a conflicting report. Who do you believe, should you be putting this in your coffee or your tea? Should you be drinking a lot of diet pop? We thought we'd turn to the experts at Northwestern. Dr. Melinda Ring is the executive director of the Northwestern Medicine Osher Center for Integrative Medicine. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Ring.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So when it comes to a study that the WHO puts out or they just released some findings and then the FDA has something else to say, who are we to believe and what do you rely on?
1: Well, I, you know, uh, coming from a holistic preventive perspective, I tend to err on the side of caution. Um, and I, I think, you know, like you said, there is the multi hit idea about what causes cancer. And while the FDA is saying that in the amounts that people usually have aspartame, it is unlikely to cause cancer, the, the thing is that. That isn't the only carcinogenic substance that we're exposing our bodies to. So, sure, if you eat a fully organic, completely healthy, plant-rich diet with nothing else bad in it, it's unlikely to cause a problem. But if you are exposing your body to other things like charred meats and alcohol and, um, you know, deli food and, all of those other things, then, you know, then I think we start to get concerned that, they, that they're that they going to add up.
0: Right. And I think there's so many other environmental factors. I was talking with John Williams. He asked about my brother. My brother was diagnosed with bladder cancer a month mm-hmm. ago. And and his oncologist said, uh, what'd you do for a living? And my brother said, I, I had a carpet store. I owned a carpet store. He said, did you install carpet? And he said, no, but I was in a warehouse every day for 10 hours a day. And it's clear if you look it up, his particular bladder cancer is linked to some of those vapors, some of those glues, that type of thing. And I think there are so many things in our life that could lead to cancer that we're unaware of. So when one of these studies comes out like this, yeah, we've heard before that it's probably not best to, you know, rely on that sweetener for everything. But unless there's a loud, clear message, I don't think people make huge lifestyle changes.
1: No, I agree, and I, I'm sorry to hear about your brother. And that's another example where saccharin, which was what I think you know, one of those earliest artificial sweeteners, was tied to bladder cancer. Uh, and and so there is this kind of additive effect, and and I think it's very confusing for people when they're getting a message from one side saying, well, it can cause cancer, and from um, the FDA, another well-respected organization, saying, oh no, it's it's safe to take. Um, And it's true, you know, like if you look at it again, you'd have to drink like 14 Diet Cokes to, uh, to, to get over the limit per day, but that's not all we're having. And so, you know, my feeling is try to find a safer alternative.
0: Right. Dr. Melinda Ring is with us, the executive director of the Northwestern Medicine Osher Center for Integrative Medicine. Uh, we're talking about the report from the WHO, uh, the World Health Organization and the FDA. Somebody said, is stevia considered in that group of artificial sweeteners that could be uh, a concern?
1: Yeah, you know this is a a great question because when now when the World Health Organization is looking at these non-sugar sweeteners, their analysis was primarily you know it, it included both these artificial and what we think of as kind of the more natural based ones like stevia, which is a plant um, that and and so it's it's a little bit unclear. I tend to think of those uh, natural, more plant based sweeteners like those from the stevia plant, like monk fruit, as being safer options. But then, you know, we also have to look at what are they doing as a whole. So, for example, if people are using them to lose weight, there is not clear evidence that they help people lose weight um, in a sustained way. And even they may be associated with an increased risk of diabetes down the road And ultimately, obesity is a major risk factor for all types of, well, for many types of cancers. So the question is, why is somebody using the non-sugar sweeteners? Is it for taste or is it because they think it's going to help them lose weight? And then that should help decide which direction to go. But generally, I think of those naturally based ones as being um, a, a safer alternative than, say, aspartame.
0: A couple people on the text line are pointing out that they thought everybody knew that artificial sweeteners were not good for you and that Europe prohibits what are they consider cancer-causing artificial sweeteners. Are we late to the game on this, and does politics play a part?
1: <laughs> well... I will say I do think that Europe and I think Canada also tends to take a much more proactive stance when it comes to guidance on this. And I think, yes, you know, there is some of the, you know, I can't say in this particular case, but, uh, you know, there's, there's very clear uh, evidence of the effect of big pharma, of big companies and how they influence health policy in our country? Whether that's playing a role here, it's hard to say. Right.
0: And is it more damaging? Would artificial sweeteners, uh, whether you put it in coffee, tea, in the many products we consume, is it more damaging for children than it is for adults?
1: I don't think there's studies that definitively show that, but you know, they have a smaller body index, and um, and and so the same quantity in a smaller amount and as a, as a larger amount of their overall calories is certainly not something we should be doing. And, and really for children, you know, it's much better to stay as natural as possible because that's uh, affecting their uh, genes and everything for the rest of their life. So get them used to natural sources of sugar, like, like what you were saying, those uh, cotton candy grapes. Um, yeah. And uh and, and, you know, all the wonderful berries and all of the natural vegetables that have sweetness, um, cinnamon, some of these spices, like get the children used to that as as an option. And even get them used to not having sweetness as something to crave. And that will set them up well for the rest of their life.
0: So, Dr. Ring, from what I gather from our conversation, err on the side of caution. Stay as natural as you can. And, um one other thing was in there. But,
1: yeah, but, if, you know, honestly, if you're having one, one a day, if you're having, you know, one packet in, in your coffee, it's probably not going to be a problem. But if you don't need it, don't use it.
0: Right. And uh, don't consider it a way to lose weight.
1: Exactly. Don't consider to lose weight. Remember, it can have effects beyond cancer, like affecting the gut microbiome in a negative way, which we know affects all kinds of health. And so really think about like, is, is is this a food that loves me back? And if not, then find something better.
0: Thank you so much for joining us.
1: My pleasure. It was nice to be with you today.
0: Dr. Melinda Ring from Northwestern. Coming up, we'll talk to Amy Bach. She's the founder of United Policyholders. That's a nonprofit. Do you need to file a claim? Do you have damage to your house because of the storm or the tornado? Stick with us. That comes up after Steve's news on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent. WGN.